Hello, I wanted to take a moment to thank you for listening and also to explain why you might hear ads like this before, during, or even after an episode. We're a small but mighty team here at Realm and to help fund our shows, we promote products or services that we think you'd enjoy from a variety of sponsors. If any of our ads interest you, one of the best ways to support us is by visiting the link or using the promo code in the ad. It's pretty much a win-win since you can get some great deals and we can keep making awesome shows like this one. You can also visit realm.fm partners for more information about our sponsors and how to access the different promotions. Thanks again for joining us in our corner of the universe. Listen away. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome to a brand new episode here of the Geek Buddies. Hey! 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 You gotta time your you gotta time your podcasting and your gym schedule. I gave well, you, extra, you, you. I, I, gave I know. Fifteen minutes. You gave me an extra fifteen minutes. I still didn't do it. It's still. Still a little sweaty. Still a little sweaty. It's you know what? I'm sweaty for Star Trek, baby. I'm sweaty for Star Trek. I know. Wound it up. Yeah, today we are reviewing uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds uh, Season 2, Episode 4 here, Among the Lotus Eaters, another Greek mythology reference in Star Trek. We just had a Shakespeare reference in Star Trek, and now we're back with a Greek mythology reference in Star Trek. So we're going to get into this. We're going to spoil this episode uh, and break it on down here on the channel. So we appreciate you all hanging out with us. If you haven't watched it, though, go and watch it and come on back and pick up where you left off and have us uh, enjoy us breaking it down uh, for sure. I am the outlaw, John Roca, writer, producer, and host here on the Geek Buddies and a mad fan of Star Trek. Michael? I am Michael Vogel. I am a writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies, and I'm more of like a Glad fan of Star Trek. <laughs> more glad. of a Glad fan. More of a more of a happy fan. Oh, oh, okay. All right, that's what you were saying. Okay, I didn't know you meant Glad or Glad. All right, fair point. Um, yeah, this is good stuff too. Um, and, and you know, it's always fun to uh, to review these uh, shows with Mikey because Mikey is a showrunner, so he's got an idea of how these things need to be fitting together the pieces and where they need to go and all that kind of stuff so it's always good to to like review the star trek stuff with mikey because it's usually these interconnected storylines that persist throughout the whole season as opposed to one-offs even though deceptively strange new worlds feels like both a one-off show and a show with these overarching storylines which i think are uh, is an interesting line to walk, Mikey. What did you think of this one? We had, uh, we went down onto the planet of Rigel uh, 7 here, which is, I mean, just legend in Star Trek, all the way from the cage 
the original pilot episode of Star Trek. We find out that Pike and the, the people that he goes down to the landing party, they have the radiation affects their memories. He finds an old yeoman. This becomes a battle here on the planet. Meanwhile, on the ship, people are losing uh, their memories of things as well. It's getting dire. It's getting dangerous. And then near the end, Pike saves the uh, saves the people down there on the planet, but and uh, Ortega saves the ship there with a little bit of Spock's help. So what did you think overall of this episode coming on the heels of this fantastic episode we had last week with Kirk and with Lon? Yeah, you know, I mean, we t- I think uh, if episode two and episode three were both home runs, yeah. episode four is just like a solid hit down the middle of the field? What, what is that, a single? Is that a single? Yeah, it could be a single, it could be a double. Uh, uh, maybe it's a double, maybe it's a double. Who got to got to got to got to research these sports references ahead of time. But no, I like I don't think that this episode like last episode as we talked about was just like out of control good. So this good. episode is just great. Like it's not like out of control, it's not the, it's not my favorite episode of Strange New Worlds, but it is yeah. in all the right ways. It feels like a old school classic Star Trek. I mean, it's very funny. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, and Johnny and I talk about this. We talked about it a lot on Picard. John is a original series guy. I am. I love the original series cast. I've watched some of the original series. I know that cast more from the movies, but I'm a next generation guy. Yeah. Like I love next generation. And I think a lot of Star Trek post next generation. I mean, and the next generation, you also, I mean, that was the deep space nine era. That was the yeah. Voyager era or the enterprise era. <laughs> but so I think a lot of Star Trek uh, it, TV kind of keys off of that a little bit more and strange new world. Uh, Strange New Worlds in all the right ways is really trying to be old school Star Trek. Yeah. And it's succeeding at being old school Star Trek. So, you know, I thought this was a lot of fun. First of all, right off the bat, the Rigel 7 reference. I mean, that's a deep cut. When John says Rigel 7 is from the pilot episode, it's not what the pilot episode is about. Like in the first five minutes, the doctor talks to Pike and says, hey, I know you're still upset about that shit that went down on Rigel 7. And he goes, I was trapped in their castle and three people died. Yeah, that's that's what it is. That's they took that brief interaction five minutes into the original pilot and said, let's build an entire episode about them having to go back there. So, A, it's a great deep cut. Also, if you didn't know that that was from the original series, it doesn't matter. Right. That's the best kind of Easter egg. Like if you are just a Strange New Worlds fan, casual, you don't go deep in Star Trek, you're not going to be lost. They give you the information you need. But the fact that they're tying these things, it's really interesting. You know, Ortega says at the end when she saves the day that she's going to thread the needle. And I feel like that's what the entire team on Star Trek Strange New Worlds is doing. They are threading this needle of standalone episodes that, like John said, feel like they're still building to something. Really deep cut Easter eggs that sort of enhance what you're watching and then on top of all of that kind of just a really interesting episode that Mm -hmm. talks about what makes us us yeah you know i mean that's that's what's really interesting it kind of like raises this sort of fun moral ethical i guess more not even moral ethical more of just like a human question of robbed of our memories yeah is there something about us that is still inherently who we are? Like what, what yeah. makes us who we are? And so you sort of watch through uh, Mabenga, La'an, Pike, and Ortegas. You see these people like lose their memories yeah. and still something deep down in their core is defines them who they are. And I, so I thought it was just a really fun, cool episode. Got a little creepy at some parts. Yeah, and, uh, and, you know, we got a lot of Pike finally. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, which a lot of people reminded us that Pike was on paternity leave, which is why they kind of wrote around him in the first three episodes. But it was nice to have him come back in this. And as you said, connect it to the cage uh, and, and have that connection with Jeffrey Hunter, who played the original Pike, and have that conversation, that story be the element or the foundation for what they did with this episode. I really liked this episode. It's an enjoyable old school original yeah. series episode that's what it felt like so for me i was home i was at home maybe some of the younger star trek fans are don't, don't necessarily like an episode like this but i do and someone i was reading D- den of geeks review yesterday and they were like you know it's tough because every single episode is essentially a banger so you are comparing these episodes against themselves from other episodes so it's tough because you sometimes forget they're all damn good and ortega ortega even says that at the end of the episode which i think is kind of a meta thing even though it wasn't intentional her saying you know something you do every day it's 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 easy to take it for granted easy to forget how important it is when it actually is important but you just do it every day so it loses that importance but it's nice to be reminded of it and i think every one of these episodes is like that we're so spoiled by how great these seasons have been for star trek strange new worlds or the the first season and then into this season that uh, we get a little bit like oh well you know this wasn't quite up to the standard but it was still damn good so i think it was a really fun episode for sure and i like the themes it explored not i mean there's dementia here that you can uh, look at there's absolutely right and there's also stuff about like this is also essentially religion yeah religion yes apps follow the path that kind of stuff but also eternal sunshine of the spotless mind this is the eternal sunshine of the spotless mind episode this idea that will i still be who i am even if you remove my memory of something will i still gravitate to it will i still do the same things and as we saw at the end of that movie they do still find their way back to each other because there's an instinctual thing here and i like that that was brought up as something to discuss on the planet and off the planet as well well and just the idea of and again, this is very eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. You the total. I didn't think of that, but you nailed it. Um, yep. But that sometimes when horrible things happen, you you lose a loved one, you go through a bad breakup, yeah, yeah, trauma, some, yes. some, tra- right. trauma. Right. Oh, I wish I just could forget. Right. I wish I could yeah, forget. Yeah. And you see, and you see this argument layout where uh, you know the guy on the planet is like, uh, it, "This is better. Yeah. Isn't it better? You won't have to remember that she died." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Laan is laying blame to be like, please stop saying I'm dying. But like, he's like, you won't have to remember this. Like, I, I know that I lost people, but I don't, I'm happier not knowing. And then at the end when he's weeping and he's like, I was wrong. You know, like, like there was just so much in this. And again, this is where in, in some of the other more recent Star Trek's desire to feel very Star Trek and but also be actiony and do these things, it's like these big earth-shattering things and Star Trek, everyone's awesome and we're action, action, action. And I love that stuff. Yeah. But these one-offs, like Planet of the Week, let's go just examine something about humanity and yeah. really just dive in. Like these are fun. These are just this is like this is like when you were a kid and you got one of those books that was like the 50 greatest sci-fi stories or so, you know, like you got like 50 sci-fi books by uh, stories by great sci-fi authors. And just every single one was just like, let's talk about dementia. Let's yeah. talk about religion. Let's talk about racism. Let's talk about sexuality. And you're like, these are really cool. This is what this season feels like to me. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. And certainly the religious aspect of it all is here too, with the idea of, um, of you know the Kalar, the Palace Kalar holding the memories, the field Kalar forgetting the memories, and what Luck says to them, like, "Hey, 
They've got our memories. They're doing what's best for us. You know, we now can forget things, which is what some of the more hardcore cults or religious sects try to get you to do, which is to forget your past uh, and remove yeah. your connection to all these people. And they will store your memories, right? I don't want to speak out of turn. I'm not going to mention the certain religion, but they like to take your um, memories of your whole life and you're supposed to tell them everything, even the embarrassing things. They hold on to that and then they'll try to, you know, train your mind about those things and try to remove those connections from you, but then they'll use it against you when they need to. So this is the thing that I think was also kind of subtly playing underneath, as you mentioned earlier, Michael, the religious aspect of it all, not actual notable religion, but other segments of religion that do that for sure. No, well, to a degree, all religion though. I mean, like, yeah, well, like, yeah. like, I mean, like, like, eh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not knocking either. religion. Like I'm Jewish, you're Christian, like everybody, you know, we're yeah, like, yeah, we're yeah. all different religions, but, uh, Every religion, yeah. to a degree, there is a level of this is what we're telling you is true. Right, right. The right. end. Yeah, yeah. And this is a, you know, when Pike is questioning things and pushing on things and he's like, look, this is this is the way it is. Like, this is, yeah. we have this thing that tells us this is how it works and these are the rules and this is what happens and forgetting is good. And every religion to a degree, like when you're a kid, you're like, well, why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when, when I was a kid, it was like, well, wait, why can't I eat bacon? Why don't we get Easter? Like, what's up? What's going on? Like, so everybody has those things. It's true. And so, again, this is what makes Star Trek or any sci-fi good is I don't think it's saying, hey, let's talk about the bad religions versus the good religions or let's talk yeah. about this race versus that. It's like it's just talking about religion and belief yeah, as a concept. Yeah. Yeah, agreed, agreed, great stuff, Mike. Uh, all right, we're gonna break this thing down. Um, those were our overall thoughts. We're gonna break this thing down a little more specifically. I'm gonna break it up into two separate sections. We're gonna deal with everything that occurs on the planet and everything that occurs on the ship. Uh, and so we may be a little bit out of order, but I think it's still gonna be a, a good discussion here. Uh, but I just wanna hit a couple of, or a few Easter eggs real quick before we go get going. Among the Lotus Eaters, for those you may not know, I mentioned this Greek mythology. It's a part of Homer's epic poem in the Odyssey, the Lotus Eaters, are a group of island dwellers whose primary food source, the lotus plant, is narcotic that causes those to consume it to live in peaceful apathy, which leads those to visit that area to forget their lives and loved ones in previous homes. So clearly an element of this show as well. Some connections to the show from old school uh, original series Star Trek. You can feel that some of the story here is related to the Paradise Syndrome, which is season three, episode three, and the Omega Glory, which is season two, episode 23. So if you want some references and you haven't seen some of the original series stuff, Michael hasn't seen it. For example, like Michael hasn't seen every episode. You can go and watch those episodes and The Cage, of course, which is the pilot episode, which became the two-parter, The Menagerie, which is my favorite episode of the, Star of, of the original series of Star Trek, that two-parter, which has Pike uh, involved there on that planet. All right, anyway, <clears throat> let's get into it. I'm going to skip the ship stuff first. I'm going to jump into the meat of things here, Michael. We hear about Rigel Seven and the Kalar, who have a formidable warrior class and secretive ruling class. The Enterprise does. We get the 411 here uh, about the previous Enterprise mission, which Michael mentioned, of course, is connected to the cage. And we see that their Delta sign is down there. The emblem of the Enterprise, the Federation, is down there. So they want to go assess if there's been cultural contamination. They head on down to the planet here. This is uh, Laan Mabenga Pike. Uh, they head on down to the planet. Pike tells them they can't use weapons. And as they're walking towards this massive castle, the radiation starts to affect Laan first. Then the Kalar walk, the Kalar walk up. 
They know their Starfleet. They bring him into this uh, into this castle, and we see that there is Lord Zachariah, which was apparently one of the yeomen who was left yep. back in that original mission. So they gave the yeoman a name, and now they brought in uh, this uh, character to be a part of this. He is now in charge, wants him to suffer like he did. He, but he also warns them about the ringing and the memory loss. And just to put it, a, like hang a lantern on it, the next shot is them in an actual cage, uh, they, which I think is funny with Laan and Mabenga and Pike all forgetting things. Then we meet Luck, who is a prisoner that helps them, takes them, talks to them about a totem. They head to a labor camp. They want to fight back. Eventually, Pike does fight back, using the gift from Batella to kind of center him and remember things. Pike and Lan attack the guards. Lan is cut, which triggers Mabenga wanting to help her, or Mabenga wanted to help her as a doctor. They head to Luck's home. Lan is being tended to, but Pike says, we got to go get our memories back. They look at the totem. Luck talks about the field Kalar versus the, the palace Kalar and all of that. We hear about that. And then Pike wants to go after these things. So Pike and Mabenga go to the castle with Luck, with Laan. They attack the castle. They get inside. Pike gets inside the castle while Mabenga stays back. He confronts Zacharias. And we see, Mike, a pretty evil streak in Pike as he is essentially beating Zacharias till he gets the information. Then his memory comes back because Zacharias tells him that there's an ore in the castle that protects them from the radiation. He realizes who he is. He asks for Zach's forgiveness for leaving him behind. But he also says to Zach, I'm not responsible for what happened and what you did after I left. That is on you, which I think is a really interesting point to uh, to, to uh, focus on. And Luck is there, and Luck starts to remember the connection to his family, his son, which was a really heartbreaking moment. Fantastic mm-hmm. job there by Reed Bernie. That's the actor. He's a Virginia great, boy from Alex. Character actor. Right? Great character actor. He's, he's that guy. He's that guy that whenever he shows up, you're like, it's that guy. <laughs> exactly. One of those. He was great in House of Cards, this guy who became the vice president uh, eventually. And then Babega, he's Leon. And then we see, of course, as I said, Luck talking about his family. So let's just stop there, Mike. A lot happened on the planet, and we explored, as you were talking about, this idea of removing uh, memories and what does it mean to who you are at the core of who you are. How did you think this all went down in this, uh, these scenes in the show? Well, first of all, overall, I think uh, this was a fun episode because it's really great when sci-fi – sci-fi and horror – sit yeah. right next to each other sure. on the genre bookshelf mm-hmm. and they can go back and black mirror obviously is one of the primary examples that took sci-fi and did some really really creepy stuff with it but like even here right as soon as you get to the planet like laon sort of hearing the ringing yeah and then immediately we're with her we don't see her wander around and then remember i think they did a really cool thing in this episode where you're from the character's pov so she's like on the ship she hears the ringing and all of a sudden she's standing far away from the ship and has no idea how she got there. And they sort of repeated this with everybody. And it kind of, it's a great way to sort of put you as the audience into the character's shoes and be like, wait, what, what went on? And so I thought that was really, really interesting. Um, Really just great, uh, uh, concise storytelling. Like bad guys show up and say, we know your Starfleet. Yeah. All right, got it. So you get there. You see the dude, you see the yeoman from the from the Enterprise, and it's kind of just a great concept. Like, he got left, he was pissed about it, yeah. and he decided he was going to make himself king. Classic, right. you know, it's uh, kind of a fun Star Trek version, Star Trek fucked up version of Kid and King Arthur's Court. <laughs> I'm the guy that has all of this technology, right. you're a primitive species, I can say whatever the fuck I want, you're going to listen to me. Um, and then instantly is like, I'm going to make you guys suffer I'm going to fuck you guys up. And then they go in the cage. And so like, we're just, now we're all of a sudden in this sort of feudal, uh, 
you know, it's that it's that Star Trek thing where like even though it's a space show, we're all of a sudden in like a castle and there's guards yeah. and you're yeah. in the prison and you just see them all sort of slowly losing their memories and kind of to your point, it's like it's scary. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was just talking about this with a friend recently who's getting older and a lot of his family members have dementia and he's like my biggest fear every day I wake up and I'm like, do I remember this? Do I remember this? Do I remember this? Like it's a real, it's a real fear. So watching these people sort of lose their memories, not know who each other are. uh, It it, like, it's a very unsettling thing. Um, But then when they're out there in the fields and that's where you start to see, like even without their memories, like Pike just naturally sort of takes lead. Yeah. Uh, yes. When when, when right. he stands up to the guards, Laan naturally jumps in to defend him, and then Mabenga, to your point, naturally wants to help her. And they make this really they they make a really interesting distinction here, which I feel is kind of some of what's going on with Spock over the course of this mm. season, which mm. is you lose your memories, your lot, the the facts, but you don't necessarily lose feeling. Yeah. So like when Pike is holding the token that Battelle gave him, yeah, he's like, I. I, I know that somebody like there's a feeling there. And even later, I know we're not in the ship, but Spock sort of dismisses feelings. Right. right. Uh, when Ortega says, like, I facts. feel like I'm the pilot because so, they're not facts. And so I think that's a really sort of interesting thing here that they're dropping into this episode. But like my little showrunner Spidey said, was like, <laughs> I feel like this thematically is going to be something that we're yeah. going to yeah. keep kind of coming back to. Um and then, like I said, like I, I really enjoyed some of the humor as they're talking, as they're having this really philosophical debate, once they take Laan inside about, is it good to forget? Is it not? Like, where yeah. he's like look, this is good. This is better. You're not going to remember this. You're right. not going to remember the pain. The, for, the forgetting is actually a blessing. Yeah. Uh, really getting into that sort of, this guy's a true believer, but they really cut it nicely with Laan being like, hey, I don't want to die. <laughs> yeah. Could we not? Could we not? Um, which I thought was really fun. And then it leads into this really great action sequence that, you know, like it's Mabenga gets, they graze me. I can't go on. I'm going to hold them off. You You stay on. Yeah. You keep going. Yeah. 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 This is the dude. And I think my favorite thing about it, and this is maybe my favorite thing about the episode, because this is like one of those, this is the core thing that the episode is saying. Yeah. And it's something that I think that I do believe that I hope is true of all of us, which is when Pike defeats the guy, yeah, defeats Zacharias. Uh, yeah. Zacharias. And Zacharias is like, so he's almost like pissed at himself. He's like, he's like, I thought you were just going to wander out there forever, forgetting yeah. who you are. But of course you started a revolution. <laughs> of course you did. Like, like that Pike, even without his memories, yeah. even without knowing who he was or where he came from or anything about the Enterprise or the Federation – just naturally within 24 hours yeah, yeah, yeah. started a little mini rebellion fought against the guards came in and stopped the guy and yeah. that like that, that that pike with nothing about him still did that that mabenga with no memory of the facts of being a doctor naturally wanted to care for laan and this idea that all of us at our core there's a thing about us that even if we lost everything right. we're still who we are um, and I think that's really, really powerful. And then to your point, you get this really nice, beautiful moment where, um, where the guy is sitting there weeping and crying yeah, and saying that, and saying that he was wrong, that it yeah. is worth it, that, that having these hard memories and then Laan, they didn't again, because they're not super serialized and Laan yeah. can't talk to anybody about this, but I did think that Laan saying that you do need the bad memories. Yeah. Like that that's important. 
that, 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 that the bad memories are ultimately worth it really is almost, if you're watching this in sequential order, her directly talking about what she, like we left the last episode with her weeping yeah, 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 yeah. on her bed because yeah. of this thing that happened and this person that she connected with that was taken away from her yeah. that I'm sure she would love to forget. Mm-hmm. but that she kind of goes through this episode and goes, you know what? I guess it's important to remember it. So if you're tracking all the different characters and their art, their emotional arcs of the season, yeah. you see like La'an have this like traumatic thing happen to her, be in a situation where she forgets everything, come out of it and be like, eh, that shit sucked, but <laughs> it happened. It's probably good. So I thought that was really great. So yeah, just like yeah. really interesting character stuff with everybody. Mabenga got the least. I mean, he's just sort of like solid throughout. Like he had a nice arc of like, yeah. I forgot I'm a doctor, I'm a healer. But between his sort of like seeing him in that first episode, having his like PTSD of fighting Klingons, yeah. knowing he's a fighter and him here getting a little bit of action, but wanting to also be a healer. Like I'm interested to see where they're taking him throughout the season too. Yeah, and they had that moment of connection where uh, uh, Mabenga and, and uh, Lan had that little, you know, uh, the little greeting to each other as a connective tissue. Like, okay, yeah. it's you, it's me, because that's from the first episode. So clearly, there's something there as well, Michael. That's kind of, as you said, as a showrunner, a Spider Sense, that's going to lead to something. Their connection yeah. and what that means is going to lead to some memory, something that we don't know about their connection from the past. So I can't wait. Because, I mean, she's a warrior. He clearly has warrior instincts, as we've seen already in the first few episodes. So how is that going to show itself as we get to a mid-season uh, finale? Or mid-season, yeah, yeah, there you go. But no, yeah, I loved all of this. This was so good to see. This was, again, classic Star Trek, having that one person that shows up who's all of a sudden very communicative, willing to help them, trying to guide them along the thing. It's, it's the old cliche of that one person in prison who comes in and's giving you the ropes and what you should do, what you can't do, and trying to help you through it. So we see that, but we see him not wanting, and this, and not wanting to remember, not wanting to be a part of it. I think that's so important because you can, after a while, just accept, and that's humans are very adaptable to situations in order to survive. And for him, in order to survive, he just accepted that the, he accepted there was the forgetting, and he accepted that there was a totem. Yeah. But he also felt this instinct that I go with the feelings. Like if you're feeling like when Pike was going back and forth with him and he said, you know what? I will help you because I have a feeling because your feelings are winning me over and that feels right to me. So therefore I will follow my feelings. And like our old teacher, George Judy said, you got to live in the moment and, 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 and live a moment to moment life. And that's essentially what luck was telling him is you got to live moment to moment and be in the moment. And he certainly was. Yeah. Do you know what I thought is funny? Here's a little, here's a little John Roca, Michael Vogel fact. Do you know what the whole, like, do you know what the whole, like, I feel like this is the right thing to do made me think of? Yeah. Oh. When you asked me to be my roommate when we went to London and we weren't really friends yet. Yeah. Like, like the whole, like when you and I in sophomore year of college weren't really friends and didn't know each other that well, you had your friend group, I had my friend group. And then we, we, you came up and you're like, you're going to London next semester. And I'm like, yeah. And you were like, do you want a room together? And I was like. Yeah. yeah. And like all my, we're like, wait, why are you rooming with him? Like you guys don't really know each other. And I was like, I don't know. I just feel like, yeah. I feel like it's the right thing to do. And now look at us. Look at us. But yeah. I do think, but so like, I think that, and I like, felt that it was story- the right thing to ask you. That was my feeling. For some reason, I felt compelled to ask you. So yeah. It was meant to be. <laughs> uh, but no, but I think it's like, again, hitting this idea that there's this thing about like, I feel something. I don't think yeah. something. Right. Um, I was talking to this, about this recently, like just as society as a whole, I was talking about this when I was away uh, on the East coast for 4th of July, mm-hmm. our society as a whole 
puts a lot of um, emphasis on being logical. Yes. Like, don't let, like you, we've all, don't let your feelings get in the way. Just make right. the right decision. This is that, you know, like this is, if you're sexist, you're like, this is why men should be in charge and not women. Cause women are emotional. And then you're like, maybe women should be in charge because maybe feelings are better. Like this whole, like, <laughs> you know, don't let your feelings get in the way you need to think. But then at the same time as a society, we're like, trust your gut yeah. and your gut is a feeling. So it's like, it's a really, again, sci-fi is fun because it kind of presents you with this thing where even these people who had this very, um, specific belief system that was imposed upon them by the ruling class to keep them where they were, were still like, I feel like I should trust you, so I'm going to trust you. And like, it was, it was just really an interesting thing to play around with. Yeah, and I also think it's a, it's a little bit of a mini commentary on therapy. You know, I've been through some, yeah. but through two, through two rounds of therapy that were intense and lasted anywhere from a year to three years and two separate moments in my life. And both times they were extremely helpful because I came to terms with the fact that, look, whatever you suffer through in life, whatever trauma you experience, you can't always blame the trauma for everything that happens afterwards. You've got to take responsibility for your actions, right. confront the trauma, take responsibility. Of course, you know, if you can find some way to come to terms with that trauma with the person who caused that trauma, which I did eventually have that with my father. That's so important to have that in order to move. But you've also got to forgive. You've got to heal and you've got to find a way to navigate. It's not saying that you, you can excuse horrible things. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that therapy says to you, like, you've got to understand what your responsibility was. And you can't always say, well, it was that thing. Therefore, I'm never to blame. That's not healthy. And so I think that's what Pike's saying at the end to Zacharias when he says, oh, he is. Like, I mean, look, I'm not going to, you're not, I'm not responsible for what you did after we left you. I mourned you. I was broken that you, uh, you know, that you died. So just so you understand and what you did afterwards, that ain't on me. I'll speak for you. But after that, the Federation is going to decide what's going to, what your punishment is going to be. Well, and you're like, I mean, look, Zachariah didn't have, uh, didn't lose his memory clearly, but, um, but he, Zachariah was stranded on a planet and his choice was to take over. Yes. Pike come gets trapped on a planet leads a revolution and helps everybody get their memories back. Right. Well, I'm trapped on a planet. I'm your ride or die homie. I'm going to be there when you want to go to town and like, let's fight people. And Mabenga is like, I'm going to be a healer. Yeah. So this guy yeah. who, to your point, could sit there all day and say, I did what I had to do because I was trapped here. I had no choice. I was left behind. This is Pike's fault. This right. is the Federation's fault. Uh, he's kind of faced at the end with this thing. And that, again, that's why I love when he's just like, of course you led a revolution. Yeah, yeah Because yeah. he like, he's, he's kind of faced with the fact of like, no, dude, you're not a douche because of your circumstances. You're just a douche. Yeah, yeah. And he was clearly a guy who had some insecurity issues or had some self-esteem issues because instead of using the technology, the Federation technology to help these people, he used it to make himself king because he was a yeoman. So he wanted that status and feeling yeah. of importance and power. So maybe he was jealous of people above him. And so in a way, that's why he put the situation. That's why the situation ended up the way it did. They could have landed on Rigel 7 and it was a, a much better situation. Everyone was so cool with each other. They were, they were advancing technology. Yes. Would it have violated the prime directive? Sure. But it would have been helping people. And that would have said something about Zacharias at the end. He's a sniveling, scared guy on the ground, begging for his life to Pike because he doesn't have that strength to be a leader, even though he thought this was a manufactured advantage of a manufactured way to be a leader. And 
got exposed. So I kind of yeah. love that as well as a part of this as well. Um, all right, well, let's take a quick break and then we'll jump into the two other storylines that happened in this episode uh, right after this. Hello, Geek Buddies fans. Before we jump into today's episode, let's give a warm thank you to our sponsor, Marquee TV. Their support is why we're able to bring this podcast to you. Marquee TV isn't just any streaming service. They're your gateway to an incredible world of arts and culture. That's right, Johnny. I've explored Marquee TV, and I've been amazed by their vast library of performances, exclusive interviews, and behind-the-scenes content. It is a treasure trove for any arts and culture lover. Right now, I'm in the middle of watching the Royal Shakespeare Company's production of The Tempest, and I've also got my eye on that Shakespeare masterclass taught by Dame Judi Dench. Yeah, Shannon, and speaking of the RSC, I watched Christopher Eccleston's performance of Macbeth last night, and I'm going to jump into Kit Harington's performance of Henry V from the Donmar Warehouse. Imagine having the world's most breathtaking ballets, dramatic theater productions, and magical operas at your fingertip. That's the experience Marquee TV offers, making the arts accessible wherever you are. And we've got a special treat for our listeners. Marquee TV offers three months of access for just 99 cents that's right three months for only 99 cents with the code buddies b-u-d-d-i-e-s simply visit marquee.tv and use the promo code buddies to dive into the world of arts like never before bring the arts home with marquee tv get three months for just 99 cents visit marquee.tv to start your journey into the world of arts now use code buddies explore the extensive library of performances on marquee tv today and keep up with the latest in art streaming by following at marquee tv on social media on a remote island in frigid lake superior a fabricated creature birthed from the mind of a disturbed genius stalks the very people who created it ancestor by number one new york times best-selling author scott sigler is a classic tale of science gone horribly wrong available wherever you get your podcasts literally every time i'm like the only thing in my head is like star trek the next generation every time i'm like do star trek and i'm like i'm like no no can't do that one again all right let's go to the ship here on the enterprise ortegas as we had mentioned earlier uh she was essentially going to go down or she was tagged to go down onto the ship or down on the planet she was really happy about it. she was going to be in the away party and by the way she was doing the voiceover this episode which i thought was great or log there which i thought and it was fun and then right at the end pike says to her well this this asteroid field we need you to navigate the ship through it we need you to be on the ship so ortegas is bummed out spock has the Terrible bedside manner, which gets exposed in that moment as well. A little bit more of Spock's bedside manner. I like that they keep touching base with it. And then he receives it and goes, I'm working on it, and I apologize. That's so great. Um, then we see Uhura on the bridge of the ship getting affected by this radiation because there, there's things around them. Now, you're thinking the planet, is the planet going to affect it on the ship? We find out later what that reason is, why it's affecting people on the ship. And it starts to spread now to other members of the crew. Number one takes over the helm there from Ortega and says i flew the enterprise before you did which is a reference to the cage as well when things are getting a little hairy there um and then una herself gets affected when she's talking to chapel we see that spock alters course to keep them close but out of the effect of the radiation or so he thinks spock gives ortegas new coordinates and then suddenly the ringing affects ortegas and spock and neither one of them knows who they are knows what they're doing knows what's going on on the ship 
this is awesome. And this is what it would actually be like. I wrote down and Ortegas gets off the bridge and heads to deck six, sees everyone is being affected, including nurse chapel, who had just been in charge of the situation for a second. She gets to her quarters, but sees the enterprises get hit by asteroids and she can't make it stop. Then she talks to the ship's computer and has a back and forth. And the ship's computer reminds her of who she is, reminds her of her job. She walks out of that, uh, uh, her quarters with a little more confidence. He says, my name is Lieutenant Ortegas and I fly the ship. She gets her confidence back, gets onto the bridge. Spock is still there uh, questioning her, but he, she, she says, I know this feels like home. I'm going to handle it. We find out. And then she navigates them out of the situation. It was pretty awesome. And then later we find out that Spock, uh, figured out that it was elements of the asteroids that were affecting the planet and affecting the ship there. So he had a shield design to protect them from those elements. They removed the asteroid from the planet from Rigel 6, or Rigel 7 rather, so the Kalar can go back to being normal. Uh, and Ortegas ends it by saying, my name is Lieutenant Ortegas and I fly the ship. So some interesting stuff here on the ship, uh, 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 Mike. As you said, this was much more a Pike Lon Mabenga focused episode, but stuff on the ship was happening between these uh, characters as well. And getting Ortegas a little bit of a spotlight, I thought was really great. And shout out to uh, uh, the actress who plays Ortegas there, Melissa Navi. I thought she did a nice job, especially with the horror elements when she's in the quarter. Yeah. Things are happening. You really felt the horror of that as it was going on. Section of the ship. Wait, you just broke up for a second there. Did Mr. I? Roca. Oh, what do you think of the storylines? Uh, the storyline of all the stuff that happened yep. on the ship. Uh, first of all, I have a weird crush on Ortegas. <laughs> like I am, uh, I find myself every time that she is featured, I am like, I am, I am oddly attracted to She's you. She's a and, boss B. Why wouldn't she be? Yeah. And it is, it is, it is very confusing <laughs> to my homosexual heart. Like I'm like, oh. what? I am I am feeling I am feeling some things here. Um I think she's awesome. I just love her as a character. I think she's great. Yeah, again, like great horror episode. Like, you know, and it's like it's the first it's Uhura and then it's yeah. everybody and you just watch everybody go down one by one and the entire exchange to your point what you wrote down with Spock and Ortegas where they're both like who are you? Who are you? Are you yeah. a bad guy? I don't know. Like you're like this is what it would again, it's that very unsettling like oh my gosh, what happens when you don't remember? And I thought um Props to the writers for the exact right way to use the computer. Mm -hmm. You know, right. like it right. didn't, it didn't feel like a cheat. Like it yeah. didn't feel like, oh, okay, well that's how she got out of it. Like, like, and, and again, it was like her genuine fear yeah. of like, I, and she gets in the elevator and she doesn't know what's going on and like, take me home. But like, you're like, okay, of course the computer recognized her, sent her to deck six. Okay. Well, where's my, we'll follow these flashing lights. Like, right. Like, it was very, like, oh, this all makes sense. And so watching her sort of put it together. I mean, like, you kind of know where it's all going to go. Yeah, particularly yeah, yeah. when she's talking to the computer and, like, stop this. I need to be safe. Like, I don't want this. Like, you know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, but, again, in good writing, it doesn't mean you're always surprised. Good writing sometimes is knowing where something is going and it's still being satisfying. Yeah. And when the computer's like, would you like to plot a course? And she's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, what was that? What was that yeah. plot of like? What is that again? It's this whole thing of like something about that. Should I that that felt like that? I felt that. Yeah. And like yeah, like you're 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 the pilot, and she's like, I'm the pilot. I'm the pilot. And so watching her go up and sit there yeah. and just do the thing, again, 
she's born to be the pilot. She might have been disappointed that she didn't get to go on the away mission. She might be a little bit bored because she does it all the time, but she can fly the hell out of that yeah. ship. Yeah. And so yeah. then even at the end doing it and having that great moment where Spock is like, it would be logical to move the fuck out of the way of that asteroid. And she's like, no time. We're going to thread this needle and just watching her. And you know, this is where it's fun watching star Trek with a budget. Like oh, when yeah. you watch it, like, like, like hit that asteroid, spin the ship, like fly through the thing. You're like, well, I am on board with this. This is lovely. This is great. So again, like just, it's, it's just a really fun reflection of what we're seeing happen on the planet happening yeah. to them. Um, and like I said earlier, you know, Spock sort of dismissing Ortegas when she comes back on the bridge and she's yeah. like, I just feel like I know how to do this. And he's like, that's a feeling isn't logical. And she's like, that's what we got. <laughs> yeah, that's we got, we got to roll with what that. what else are we going to do? And so yeah. I think again, it was just a it was it was great to feature her. It was fun, it was interesting. Um and then getting to the end and being like, "All right, well, this doesn't quite fall into the prime directive, but as we discussed in episode 2, <laughs> that prime directive is uh more of a prime suggestion." Yeah, it's kind of fluid. It's kind of fluid depending on the situation. And we do get a moment between Pike and Spock where Spock says, "I when Pike says what he's going to do about solving things on the planet there, removing the asteroid, uh, and that, uh, you know, Spock was saying, well, that might mess with the prime directive, as you said, Michael, but Spock's, but then Spock says, uh, but I feel like your theory is correct. So, or your yeah. analysis is correct. So we're getting even a little bit of another kernel, another step in the process of Spock coming to terms with feelings, right? Because feelings were a big deal in the first season now seeing him struggle with these feelings for Nurse Chapel in this season and then seeing him have these moments, feelings, not facts, whatever, having that moment, he goes, Fe I feel like that's maybe the right. So we're moving closer as Spock is coming to terms with these things and maybe uh, making them more of an, a, of a, a part of him as opposed to something he wants to reject necessarily. And like, so, not to like, like not to like get super deep into it, but if you yeah. just think about Star Trek as a whole, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Spock is one of the everyone's favorite characters of Star Trek of all time because he was this Vulcan and we, we've seen Vulcans. Yeah. Um, yeah. Including, uh, you know, what's his face from this season? Asshole oh, yeah, Vulcan. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Pasak. Uh, you yeah, know, when Pasak. we see you, we, see, we Vulcans in general are like, you're kind of dicks. And, and Spock. I do has, not agree with that, but all right, go eh, ahead. A lot. Vulcans, Vulcans can be pretty dickish, <laughs> but like Spock, but Spock has this great thing. Like he's always wrestling and we always love it when Spock gives into his human side a little bit, gives into yes. emotion. Yes. Data, one of everybody's favorite characters from Next Generation was an android who That's wanted true. to yeah. be human and wanted to try and understand feelings. And so, you know, Star Trek over and over and over again kind of hits this logic versus emotion thing. Yeah. And it's what we, and you know, it's why we love Kirk. It's why we love Pike. It's like, we love our captains that are like, you know, prime directive be damned, logic yeah. be damned. I know that this is what the facts say, but I'm doing this anyway. And so Star Trek in general kind of has this inherent feelings are better. Right. It's kind right. of like a constant, you don't, you don't need to, you can't ignore logic. You, right. you, you should listen to your Vulcan friend, but at the end of the day, it's that human sort of desire to feel and connect uh, that drives most of what makes Star Trek work. Yeah, and I want to give a shout out to three things. One, Alex Cap is the voice of the ship's computer. I love her as an actress. I remember her from uh, The New Adventures of Old Christine. She was one of the series regulars on that sitcom that was... Uh, uh, yeah, she yeah. is the voice. She was just in Elemental as a customer, the delivery person, and Earth's landlord. So clearly doing great stuff in front of the camera and behind the mic. 
So shout out to her. I thought she did a nice, it was a nice exchange with her and Ortegas that made so much sense. Also two things, two other things. The director of this episode is Eduardo Sanchez, who was one of the co-directors of the original Blair Witch Project. The first oh. movie. He's one of the co-directors on that movie. He has directed a number of horrors, including a segment for VHS 2 uh, and a number of series as well, or episodes of series from like Yellow Jackets, American Horror Stories, Fantasy Island, uh, and has two episodes of the horror of Dolores Roach that he's directed that are out right now as well. And the two writers here, uh, uh, Kirsten Barry, who was one of the producers on the show, oh, Kristen, Kirsten Beyer, sorry, who's one of the producers on the show, and David Perez, they were the writers on this one. So want to give them credit because this was a damn good episode, very well directed, love the horror elements, love the combination of also commentary about dementia or creating uh, walls to your trauma, not wanting to remember things because you're afraid that it could destroy you and you're going to have to go through it. So I love that there were a lot of that in here from the writers. Uh, let's get into the last storyline here, Michael. That's Pike and Patella. We start out this this episode with Captain Captain Patella there from the USS Cayuga exchanging gifts with um, uh, Pike, which is weird. Like, is it an anniversary? They're kind of on again, off again. So, what's this all about? But she gives him a mariner's stone as a necklace, which is, of course, what he uses as a totem in the. So, a little bit of uh, inception there as well, kind of with having that totem situation as well. It's a mariner's stone from Galt which is the planet that possibly is the same planet where Worf grew up on. So that could be interesting down the road. But we find out that she has been passed over from promo- for promotion because of what happened at Una's trial and because of the Vulcan that you mentioned. Passat. Yeah, and Pike's not that sure. That motherfucker. <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's a hardcore Vulcan. Now this causes Pike to be like, well, I'm not sure we should be together. And um, Batella calls him out for his timing. And I wrote in my notes, you're an idiot. This is the last time. This is the wrong time to bring up breaking up right after she's been passed over from promo- for promotion. But then we see Una later call out Pike saying, you're doing that thing you do, that you push away people who, when it gets hard or, or, or when they care about you, when it gets a little difficult. I like her for you, Chris. And she's like laying it down. Like you need to fix this. And by the end of this whole thing, because that Mariner stone brought him back, he calls Batella and they have a a conversation where he is um, apologizing to her, seeking to make amends in the situation. And he doesn't overtly say his feelings, but you can tell that he wants to have her back and wants to continue this relationship. And uh, Melanie Scrofano, who was, who was the great lead of Winona Earp, doing such great work here as Patel. I've seen some people complain, Michael, that we haven't had enough time with this relationship to feel these moments, but these are two fantastic actors. And I think we, I feel it personally, the connection. Yeah, we may not know her first name. We may not know the history of it all, but their chemistry kind of does the work for me to make me connect with this situation and her saying, you know, kissing him and saying, we'll see how the next 30 minutes go, which I thought was great. So what did you think of this um, here, this storyline here in, in, in the show? Yeah, I agree. Like, I really like her. Yeah. I've liked her. I've liked her every time she's shown up. Uh, and I also like, I think we talked about this with episode two. I like how they used her at the end of last season into this season where, yeah. you know, you, people are not wrong that we don't know a lot about Captain Mattel. Like yes. that is, that is true. But yeah. what we do know about her, she puts her job first uh, yeah. the, with the whole Una thing. We automatically put her at odds with, with Pike. Yeah, in a really interesting way, and I think that the discussions they had in episode two, even though with episode two we primarily talked a lot about Una and kind of the allegory to sexuality and racism yeah. and all and religion right. and all the things that we talked about, but like you know, putting Battelle on the other side of that and putting her in that 
Chris, I am trying to do the best thing for her. Yeah. Uh, this is the, but by working within the system, I, I may work within this system person <laughs> and this is what we can do. Yeah. And Pike being like, cool, fuck the system. Here's what I'm going to do. <laughs> but that they, but that you saw her at the end, kind of like happy that it worked out for her. So you're like, yeah. Yeah. so like, you know, it's, it's a lot of, um, I think they're doing a nice job of what you should do sometimes, which is show, don't tell. Yeah, They have not had Battelle say, I was a captain for this many years, and this is what I believe, and this is where my family is from. Like, we didn't get her bio. Right. But with everything that we've seen of her in episode two, and now learning that, A, the two of them are trying to make it work, but they're both very busy captains. Yeah. And, you know, Pike gets called, and then she gets called. Like, they're both very dedicated to their jobs. And then you find out that she was up to be Commodore, and that Pasak smacked her down because of what happened with Una. Yeah. And so you, you like contextually we are learning a, a lot about the type of captain she is what's important Good to points. her what her yeah. values are yeah. so like it's not i'm not saying people who say we don't know a lot about her yet are wrong right but right. i think within the context of what they're giving us like we're we're, we're inherently picking up a lot about her and that, in addition to the fact that she's a really good actress, to your point, yes, I feel like we get those scenes with the two. Like, I really enjoy watching the two of them on screen together. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yes, he is an idiot. But you <laughs> see why? Like, like, but right. to, to, to yeah. Pike's credit, he doesn't go, oh, I feel, babe, babe, I know you didn't make Commodore. Didn't mean to bring this up. Like, he is. Yeah mildly justified in the if you and i weren't together you would have been promoted yeah he, you're was, getting and you are getting messed up way he's still fighting for someone he cares about yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. like you you are getting punished because of you and me right. maybe if i wasn't a part of this you'd be commodore right now now she very quickly says i don't agree i'm happy with where we're at yeah, he's like yeah. no nah, i don't know and then at least and then to have that happen where you're like okay well i guess he's 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 kind of justified, maybe. Like it sucks, but maybe he's right. But to follow that up immediately with Una being like, "Oh, you're doing that thing you do," <laughs> it was great. Like like, yeah. and again, Rebecca Romaine do it doing great work here. But yeah. like in that very casual, like, yeah, you're an idiot, and she's great, and you always do this thing. Sure, you are pretending. You're in your mind, this is justified, but you are just running away because it's getting real, and you do this every single time right. um I, I was feeling attacked because of what i talk about in relationship with relationships with my therapist so it was very real for me i, I thought that rebecca romaine was actually staring at me at one point i was very uncomfortable um <laughs> but yeah so like also like that is a great you set all that up yeah. at the beginning and then the use of the totem throughout the episode on rigel seven for him to come back around at the end and then have this great moment with her where he's like yeah and again, this is where I think it works for the thematically for the episode. Everything he said to her, yeah, you got passed over. Pasak is punishing you because of your relationship with me. It's yeah. all those are facts. It's all right. logical. Right. It's very logical. He's not. It's not his feelings. And at the end, he's talking about his feelings. Yeah. yeah. This is how I feel. Right. This is I feel like I want to be with you. I feel like I want to make this work. Yeah. Pasak is still going to be a problem. Yes, you did get over. Yeah, that's all true, but I feel like I want to do this. And then she's like, "Yeah, let's just see how it goes." Like and like and again, because they're two captains, they're busy. When are they going to find time together? Like there are a lot of facts at play yeah. that would dictate that maybe these two shouldn't be together. But this isn't about facts; it's about feelings, right. which is exactly what the entire episode is about. Boom! Check, check, check. Good job. I 
great. Nothing else we can say after that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there we go. All right, well, there you go. Uh, Mike, any final words? I feel like you had your final words in, in, yeah. in what you just said. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I echo it, everything Michael said. Yeah. I, but I, and I echo what you said earlier, which is Strange New Worlds at this point is just a victim of their own success. Like, yeah. There are other seasons of shows where I'd be like, man, this is one of my favorite seasons. This is one of my favorite episodes this season. This is number three out of four for me mm-hmm. because – not because it's not good. I Clearly, we really enjoy the episode. Yeah. It's three out of four because episodes two and three were so banger yeah, yeah, that it's yeah. like, well, this just gets – this gets marked down. Um, so I'm excited. And yeah, to your point, we're almost at the halfway point of the season. So mm-hmm. it does feel like yeah, – yeah. and I and we talked early on that I, I like that Strange New Worlds is standalone. I like that it's like sort of sci-fi adventure of the week, planet of the week, that they're not tied into this big overarching like this is the big thing of the season that we're doing. Yeah. Um, but it does feel like emotionally – they're building a lot of stuff with these characters. And I'm like, you know, Spock in chapel, Spock dealing with his emotions, Mabenga having this PTSD and finding out he was a warrior, La'an with all of her Khan Noonien Singh stuff, yeah. uh, Ortegas, like learning that she does love being the pot. Like every mm-hmm. single person here, there's shit going on. Um, Una being Illyrian, like, th- so yeah. it's like where it feels like something's coming and I, and it does feel like they really know what they're doing this season. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. I think Uhura's up next on deck. And I wonder if Uhura is going to get a episode that focuses on her on the next episode Yeah, so that we hit all those uh, and it leads to a, uh, to a mid season finale. It's pretty badass. So I, I'm looking forward to it as well, or continues continues into a season finale. That yeah. is incredible as well. We shall see, but yeah, I really enjoyed this episode loved as an old school Star Trek fan love the allusions to the original series. Love, as Michael mentioned, they took a five-minute scene and essentially made it the foundation for this really fantastic uh, commentary on dementia, on religion, on therapy, on trauma, um, and made it relatable while also making it specific to the characters on the show. And that's not easy to do. There are quite a number of series, I'm not going to mention any names, uh, that have had trouble uh, negotiating the mission of the week with the overall arcing storylines that they're trying to tell and make them weave in as uh, well as they do here on Strange New Worlds. Um, All right, well, there you go. That's our spoiler review for this episode Among the Lotus Eaters. Let us know what you thought about it down in the comment section below. Michael, what do we have to tell them here as, as we wrap up our review? (sighs) well if you would like to follow us you can follow us on twitter at geek underscore buddies on instagram at the underscore geek underscore buddies if you would like to follow mr roca you can do so at the roca says if you would like to follow me you can do so at mk tune and while you are doing all that here are some other things that you can do go ahead and smash that like button below subscribe to johnny's outlaw nation page there's a lot of amazing content there leave your comments below let us know what you thought about this episode let us know what you think of strange new world season two let us know where you hope that it's going let us know what you're not liking about it um we love to hear all your comments we love to know what's going on with you guys uh if you're listening to the podcast right now please take a moment to leave some stars leave some comments helps us go up in the rankings so more people can find us and as always the best thing that you can do is retweet this video post it on your socials share it with your friends and tell them to hang out with your buddies the geek buddies there you go thanks so much michael and uh, thank you all so much for watching or listening to us we appreciate it madly we'll talk to you next time with another brand new spoiler review from season two of Strange New Worlds here on The Geek Buddies.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.